Episode 5, The Need for Routine Future-Proofing. Welcome to Talking Family Business. My name is Leah Crowley and in this six-episode series, we're taking a look at succession plans, cycles and future-proofing family businesses. Today, we've got a full house. HLB Man Judd partner Stephen Preen, HLB Man Judd Business Advisory Manager Tom Roberts, Western Earth Movings Managing Director Graham Rag, and General Manager Michael Rag are all here on a mission to expose secrets around the need for constant future proofing. That five year plan? Perhaps you should be updating it every three years. Welcome to all of you. Hey, Leah. Hello, Leah. Hello, Leah. Firstly, Stephen and Tom. What exactly is future-proofing? Well, future-proofing to me is make sure the business is financial stable and that it's got the ability to grow and look after its workforce and tend to all its clients' needs as you progress through through the cycles. Um, all of these things need, obviously, a lot of planning and taking into account you know, the future succession of the plan. And from there, there comes a lot of various elements which build that up and also they continually need revisiting and updating for um, everyone to understand where the journey is. Tom, what what do you tell your clients when they're like, how do I do a future proof? Well, I think it's um, for me, I mean, particularly, well, through the lens of family business, I think it's about looking at viability and, and sort of protecting your family, really. It's trying to make sure that you're protecting your income streams and, and, and your family wealth so that you can provide for, you know, for today and, and future generations, I think. Graham and, and Mike, what's your definition of future-proofing in relation to WEM? Look, I think what the guys cover there has got a good sense to it. To me, it's also about we're making sure that we're future-proofing it for the people that work with us, customers as well, but particularly for our staff. You know, we're, we're, we're fortunate with great staff that uh, really work to the right values, cooperate with our needs, focus on what's important. So, you know, we, Mike and I see it as very important that we're strong enough business to look after their interests for the future as well. Graham spoke about employees and all our team. Definitely agree. I think it's also looking at what are your customers' needs now or in the future. You know, the way a customer conducts themselves historically does not predicate how they want to interact today or in a year or in 10 years' time. So it's always trying to anticipate how customers would like you to interact with them, whether it's a different style, different people, different varying levels of service you may provide to them. Um, so we're always thinking about how do we best meet our customers' needs. And that's, you know, for Graham and I, it's looking after our culture and our customers. Yeah, it's important to be thinking ahead. And, uh, you know, and the other way of thinking is how you, how you uh, value add to them so that they can be a stronger business for us to uh, interact with ongoing. Mm. Stephen, um, is updating like a five-year plan something that you should be doing internally as, as a business or, or do you believe like getting the fresh eyes from outside the company helps? Um, combination of both. I think the the equity owners and the management have a role to play in looking at where the business is going going ahead and that needs a facilitation process to enable it to be kept on track and make sure you're, you're accountable at the end of the day. Um, people can tend to get tied down or involved in other areas which might be less important so forth, say trying to get back on track and have a, another eye which sort of just looks over the the um the the way the way you're progressing and the logic involved and so forth and that you're not really going into a unrealistic scenario. 
It kind of reminds me, Mike was saying in in the last episode that as a business owner, you could be really sort of focused in on on the day to day business. It's hard to sort of put your your head mm. back into this this future proof. The, the, the bigger picture of what's really happening. And yeah, making sure you're addressing those bigger issues because, as we know, we all sometimes get tied down in things which maybe are not as important as. as you think they are? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perspective. <laughs> uh, Tom, just to—I mean—I think to to add to that point, I think the, the reality is that business owners will know their business better than anyone else, and and really, what our role is is to sort of provoke their thought and sort of get them, you know, take the blinkers off, if you like that analogy, um, and, and sort of look outside a bit more. I mean, the benefit of what we have is we have perspective. We see numerous family businesses in lots of different industries and and I think you know us being able to bring that to the table and, and provoke thought of the business owners is sort of a pretty good combination. When you talk with people and ideas might float across the table and sometimes you think they may be not important to you but they might be important to, to them and then you sort of come back and discuss things in another month or so forth and you find that idea has taken a different context with them and becomes quite important. Yeah, right. When people sort of um, think about things. It's quite, quite, um, quite often you find an idea might be dismissed, but it tends to resonate with the, with other people, and you find that idea comes to the fore. <laughs> they've they, they've been having a ponder while, while driving about it yeah, for that their, past month. It's their idea. They've got ownership of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes the seeds planted a bit deep and takes a, that plant takes a little bit longer to grow. But, I see. And my my reflection on that is being on the longer journey with Steve is that quite often our discussions are reflections on what we said we were going to do five or six years ago, and where we hoped we'd be, what we hope the family would grow into, or the interactions would be. And it's good to look back on some of those and say, you know, we were pretty close to the mark on, mm. on what the, the bigger picture vision on what we were trying to do. And, you know, getting getting the right advice to get that strategy correct to make it happen is a is another deal. But certainly for us, um, the, the longevity of relationship there with making sure that you've got some good reflection points with senior people is paramount. I think the approach we usually take is we, we sort of quite often talk about the, the five phases that we sort of go through and and the first one is really about taking the time to to diagnose what the problems are and and sort of do a really broad brush analysis of the business because i think you know like building a house you want to have a very good foundation on which you build your strategy and i think once you've sort of done that and identified where the problems are the next phase is then that's when you really get into the into the strategy um but you know that's only one part of it once you've actually formulated your vision of where you want to be and and sort of looked at where you are today and how to how to get there i think the next part is you know you you can have your plans in place but but that ability to actually work with the client over you know whatever the defined time period is might be 5 years 3 years 10 years you know it depends on the business um things change and and you need to keep that that element of accountability is so important just having that forum to to have honest, frank conversations with one another and hold each other accountable to what you said you do is is really the most important part. In terms of business sizes and future proofing, Tom, should a smaller business revisit their their future proofing plans sooner than a larger business, or is it is it all kind of the the same? I don't think size necessarily matters so much. To to be honest, I think you know different sized businesses will have different challenges, no doubt. Like you know, if you take Wem's case for example, they're a 60, 60 year business, um, so they're they're at the stage where they're 
they're what I would pro- almost call an emerging corporate. You know, they've grown to such a size where the whole challenge to working with these guys is really preserving and protecting their culture, which is what's made them so successful to date, but also systemizing and adding adding more structure to to things so that we can move it to the next level. You know, quite often when we work with family businesses, you'll always hear a very similar story about, oh, you know, I used to know everyone out in the field or I used to know everyone driving the buses or, you know, whatever the whatever the situation is. And and I think, you know, to sustain for such a, a long period, obviously you've you've had a lot of success. And I think that the challenge at that point is, as I said, is how to move to that to that next level. Uh, but you know, taking it back to to smaller businesses, they'll have they'll have different challenges. I think they're usually typically a lot more worried about cash flow, where the next sale is coming from, these type of things. Um, quite often, there's a lot of key person risk in in small businesses. Um, if something happens to the owner, then the business can you know have pretty detrimental effects on the business. So, um, you know, in terms of timeframes, I think I think every every business, every size needs to always be you know looking over the shoulder and considering what's coming. But but I think you know they're probably just looking at different challenges depending on where they're at. If you are in a smaller business, uh, Stephen. Can you future-proof by yourselves, like as the business, or? I think you really need that sounding board to yeah. help you. You know, just consider, you know, who are your customers? Are you relying on one large customer and those sort of things? Because that can really bring someone down if they suddenly turn turn on you mm. for various reasons. So it's always good to have a sounding board. Yeah, you know, can be just a quarter of an hour checkup once a week or. Couple of hours a month or something, you know, along those lines. Yeah. yeah, right. Leah, I'd liken it to you can. Some people can train at a gym by themselves. Others like having a personal trainer there. Yeah, They'll motivate to keep. You know, there's regularity. There's set times. They they have someone who's assessing their skill level. They have someone pushing them, motivating them. It's the same thing with having an external advisor with your business. It's not. Yeah, you know, it's not like you need to be seeing them every day. But it's you know you may have set an agreement on a strategy that you catch mm. up and discuss every three months, and mm. it create, means that the, the owners or the executives or the board or whatever is accountable to someone else who's saying, "Well, you agreed you're going to get this done by this date. Why isn't it?" It's pretty hard to just say, "Oh." too busy is that right Graham? yeah look i think the uh I, I agree with that sort of thought that's simpler way i put it is what these guys are pretty good doing is just holding up the mirror and saying well this is what you said you're going to do have you done it it's homework yeah i don't like homework it's work every day <laughs> but it's really the reflection point of someone outside your you know day-to-day circle who's getting you to have a good look in the mirror and think you know are you behaving the way you said you would that you mm. want to and uh, being the independent, strong voice to to help you get to that point. Mm. It's important that way. That's the future proofing. Sure, it's how you run your business day to day, but that is what keeps you, I think, online to um, continue to grow or prosper or be as strong as you should be. Make sure you've got strong financial reserves. Make sure you get past the point of worrying about, you know, how do I pay the bills tomorrow? All those sorts of things of getting strength. And small, small businesses with good advice can do it. Mm. They can do it. But... You know, from my point of view, for smaller businesses, we talk to and advise. We say, make sure you get independent help. You need to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys can't, they don't know much about moving dirt, but they know a lot more about, a whole lot more about business things than we could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we use each other's strengths. Very mm-hmm. important. Matter of fact, you want aligned, aligned along the, the journey that the business owner is aligned with somebody or even their, their partner or. So forth that they've got the common common goals or what they're trying to achieve. I think that's an interesting point you've just made there because I think quite often where a lot of strategy in that falls over is businesses don't have a clear vision 
months. I think you know actually going through that process of really understanding and and creating transparency around where you want to be in future. I think is actually really really important part of that because yeah. then you can communicate it and get buy in and. Well, people have different different objectives. You know, you see people who you read in the press who have these long term ideas, and then you see in that twelve months time they've they've gone under, and they could have gone under for various reasons. But um, it's it's normally because they got greedy or they went off on a different tack, or you know, yeah, there wasn't really a process there. Do you find it frustrating when you're working with a, a business and you know? You're helping them with their future proofing, and then when you do check on up on them, and they they haven't done what they were going to do, and you're like, please do it because it's for you guys. Is is there a level of frustration? How, how do you get around that? How do you talk them into it? Yeah, that does happen, um, and it's sometimes hard to get them back on track. But if they want to go down that journey, there's not much you can do about it at the end of the day. Um, mm. Just try and support them and say, well. Yeah, it's about a point. You do find people listen, yeah. and they mightn't pick it up now, but they'll pick it up later at some point. Like you said, that yeah. seed. <laughs> From my point of view, as a as a long term person in one industry, I find that, um, uh, and I'm grateful about this. A lot of smaller businesses and people might talk to me for some advice, and you can quickly, pretty quickly, work out whether they actually want to talk around to get advice, or whether they just want to blurt it out and then take no notice. Oh, so it's almost like they're looking for validation well, rather than advice. Well, it's like I've come to visit the Pope. They're just going to confess and mm. go. Yeah, right. So, you know, I hope that'll <laughs> solve everything. So, you know, I've been lucky enough to work with some really great guys who've wanted a hand and give them a hand and just, you know, my, my advice is more about people behaviour and how to work with people. I advise them to talk to people such as Man Judd. And uh, a lot of people want to listen. Some just want to blurt it out, and you can quickly work that out uh, and build their success around people if they can do that. I think to your point earlier, Graham, you know, a big part of it is playing the role of you know facilitating the, the strategy and things. Um, a big part of it is, as you said, holding the mirror up, and mm. and I think a big a big part of that is you need to sort of build that relationship to such a point where you can be honest and say, look, you know, if you're serious about being what you say you want to be, then you're not acting in that way. So having that that honesty and being able to have those conversations. In a business as big as WEM, how many within the business, like you don't need to get into details if you don't want to, but like just numbers wise, how many employees, including you guys, are kind of helping structure the, um, the future proofing? Well, that's an interesting thing because part of our discussions today we're having is to making sure that our base gets wider. Mm. We've got three key people driving that for now. Mm-hmm. And as our business grows with the, the vision we've got, the strategy that these guys are helping us invoke, basically means that we've got to make sure the base of our pyramid's wider and stronger. And so we'll be getting more people involved in that process. That goes back to that the point about the vision. I think once you actually have that vision and that, you know, that's all documented and you can actually put that message out there and it's well understood, what you see is some people really buy into that and run at it. And I think, you know, and others all shy away. That's also, you know, don't hide away from that. I think mm. some people get off the train. That that's a reality of it as well. But but I think by actually going through the process and having that vision that you can you can throw out there to people, you can start to broaden the base, as Graham said. And and the other thing behind that for me personally is that 
you know, Mike's taking over more and more of the running of our business day by day, construction activities, etc. And I'm well aware that it's a, a larger, more intricate business to run than 20 years ago and so many years ago. And, you know, I want to make sure that uh, the family and Michael have the, a greater degree of support than I had when I was in that position. It's necessary now um, for the size and structure we've got. So part of what we're going through is to make sure that the um, the right people have the opportunity to step forward, take more responsibility, grab it, run with it, build a stronger framework for the for our whole business and the families included mm. in that business. Mm. So you know, we have the current structure of our executive team, so growing myself and Peter Kay, and you know, through our succession planning between Graham and myself, well, there needs to be succession of those that are leaders below myself because there will be a period of time where the current structure doesn't exist, mm. you know, and the business will, our uh, plans are to continue to grow. Well, it's not feasible for myself to be the only person in that type of position or the current structure with only one person. There's just... It's not going to work. It's not going to work. We won't <laughs> hit our goals. We won't be keeping our satis- customers satisfied. Um, we'll struggle to keep culture where it is, mm. and um, we won't be as successful as we have been. Mm. You know? and, and that's a big risk of the business. So it's taken a lot of um, thinking between us all to get to the position where we are now and you know, setting a target and a vision, but then you know, planning for the succession of people within the business, not just between Graham and myself. Yeah, exactly. Look, I go back a few years when, um, you know, Mike was um, some, I don't know how many years ago, five, six years ago, something more like that, getting, taking a stronger role and things. And I, I thought to myself, how do I get these people to understand it's not my son, you know, I'm just having tapped him on the head that he's in charge. What do I do? So all I could think I adopted a thing of saying, every time I said I, I said Mike and I. Yeah, right. So everything I thought of or I was going to do, Mike and I thought this, Mike and I thought, it went on and on. And eventually one of the senior guys in the paddock said, you know what, we get the message now. You can drop that. We sort of understand Mike's in charge. In. <laughs> so I think it was worth it. There's lots of primitive ways of going but, about messages. But again, it plays in that thing of succession is an event. You know, they can't, it's not just oh, today it's this, next yeah. day it's that. You know, there has, it's a journey. Small things like that do make a big difference yeah. in aiding that succession correctly with, um, I don't know, Graham spoke, you know, with people internally within the business but also with customers as well spoke that same way um, to help people understand where our succession was. That's right. Which has worked well. And yeah, over good. the last, you know, going back quite a few years, you've developed the employee skills down the line. Mm. You've been conscious of, you know, what's going on out there and things have changed and it's... You need more skills today in those areas than you ever needed. Yep. I think um, we've challenged ourselves to really elevate the calibre and skill set of the people that work in the business. And that, that applies to everyone in the business, not just a select few that are leaders, you know, whether it's leadership training or technical training or mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I think back to my dad's time and Arthur Baxter's time, if, if I was trying to explain to them, we've got people going to the National Institute of Drama Association to learn skills now so they go to NIDA I just all I could do is turn around and just walk out and go to the pub I suppose <laughs> yeah, <that's> <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I don't really understand how to deal with it but it's such such you know it's been, been yeah. such a change and such growth for our people self-rewarding um, you know adds value for us all the time it's been great fun yeah. a formal training process on the art of negotiation skills yeah it was one of the main courses that we sent mm. you know, numerous people through um, and you, know, you basically get to learn to negotiate against an actor 
which sounds silly, but is incredibly difficult and challenging and you learn a lot out of it. Um, and that's just one little way that we've tried to help make a difference in elevating people as management within the business. So I think one of the um, one of the key points there is, you know, as part of succession, there's always two things. There's there's one, you want to have the capability, which is sort of what we're talking about. And then mm. two, you need to have perceived credibility. And that's why I think going back to what sort of Graham was saying earlier about, you know, Mike and I, those things are just so crucial because what, what you're actually doing is you're creating perceived credibility amongst your staff, amongst your clients and suppliers. And, you know, that, that makes the succession a lot easier. A final question for everyone, I guess. As a business leader, could you imagine running a business without future-proofing? No. No. <laughs> Thanks, Leah. You got any tricky questions? No, no. Look, it's part of the game. You've got to be yeah, re- learning from history all the time, reflecting on history. What have you learned? What's good? What's bad? What was fun? What was enjoyable? Mm. How do you get a laugh out of it? But, gee, if you're not looking further forward and planning and planning and future-proofing and you know, making sure there's a safety net or whatever it's got to be. Yeah, just wasting your time. It's not, yeah, it, it's too important. Absolutely wasting well, your you've time. you've got to have the right people in place. And in our business, we're always looking at our progression and people coming through the right skills and the skills change. The skills are more varied. You know, 20, 20 years ago, Graham and I could do everything. Well, in our own businesses, those times are gone. Yep. Well, and truly gone. Yep. <laughs> yeah, generalists um, uh, now compared to a quarter of a century ago, very, very different. One thing that hasn't changed, I, I always just like to get this comment in if I can for our business. When we employ people, we have a good chat to them about all sorts of things and find out what sort of people they really are and see if we can do that sort of stuff. But then particularly if they're in anything associated with wider management, we'll say to them, look, it's important when you work with us you understand there's rules to follow, there's specifications to read, contracts to follow, plans to work to, but we have one expectation we just want you to work as if your mum's watching. That's not bad. People don't get that out the door. Yeah. So there's still, for us, there's still some basics in business and how people behave. And, you know, if, we, if we're getting to the end of this, our relationship with Man Judd is the, really based on the way they've always behaved and respected our interests and protected them and, and uh, helped us step up taller and improve mm. all the way through. So thanks to those guys for um, leading the journey with us. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. Pleasure, Graham. But it's been wonderful to see how WEM grows through the years, where it's come from, where it is today. It's a credit to both of you, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested yeah. to see where it's going. I'm going to get to look for a long time yet. Yeah, it's got a long way to go. Yeah. Only yeah. starting. Boys. No, no. You're putting the pads on now. I'm going to strap the pads on, go and face that fast bowling this afternoon. I'm very excited. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Thanks, Thanks Leah. For further information, please visit our website, hlb.com.au.